Prep Zone podcast is brought to you by AlessandroDevinoHomes.com. Are you looking to buy a home or sell your house? Working with a trusted and proven name like Alessandra is the key to going above and beyond your expectations. Visit AlessandroDevinoHomes.com today and experience the difference of working with an agent that puts you first. And by ASF Sports and Outdoors, located at 1560 Post Road East in Westport, ASF is your one-stop shop for all your sporting good needs. ASF is the proud sponsor of the Prep Zone Student Athlete of the Month. ASF, expert advice every day. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for joining the Prep Zone podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Stephen Devino, and I have again with me our first repeat guest, Coach Matt Jackaloff. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm uh, very glad to be here, and that's news to me, the first repeat guest. I'll you are. wear that as a badge of honor. <laughs> it is. I mean, we're so excited to have you back, I think, from the podcast we did uh, we get a lot of feedback always, but we did get some really interesting feedback, and that's uh, we want to have you back to address some of those things. Looking and, forward to it. And and before we get started, I know we already did your intro, but I want to. Uh, can you talk just a little bit about your psychology background? I know that you're you're getting a degree on that, but I want the audience to kind of feel like you know this wasn't just something you picked up yesterday; it's something you, you're deep into. Yeah, um, I, I initially went to college at Northeastern University. Um, in Boston, and I was studying for a business marketing degree. So through um, my studies in marketing, uh, I, I picked up a lot of psychology classes and just outside of academics as well, just found a very unique interest in in how to understand the human mind and how to really, at, at the time, thinking how could I sell somebody a product in whatever company I was going to work at. Um and that kind of progressed into after me getting my business degree into deciding that I wanted to go into teaching and coaching and kind of realizing that you are still selling something. You're selling an idea. You're selling a message. Um, you're selling a belief. You're selling a confidence in oneself and in a greater good. Um, so since then, I've kind of taken off in, in my master's classes, um, taking a few psychology courses as well, just so that I could really stay up to date on research um, and the current thoughts and how to perfectly lead yeah i mean it's so interesting because i feel like our mind is probably the most powerful thing we possess mm -hmm. it can take us to places it can make us do things make us feel things i mean it's just so and it's so unexplored yeah we just don't know uh, uh, so much about it so again thank you so much for being here we're gonna be a little different today uh you know I know that when we did the quick hits with you, you said one of the things you're most proud of is what you do for a living. So we thank you for that. We really mm -hmm. appreciate everything you do for the school, for the teams. Um, just so everyone, if you first time watch Coach Maddie is, um, is, is, is not an assistant in lacrosse and you're, you're co-head coach in football. Yeah, associate head coach. Associate football, head coach. Yeah. So he's got, so he does a couple teams. And what we're going to do here today is I'm going to read, uh, I'm actually going to, I didn't edit the email. I just changed uh, some of uh, took names out, mm -hmm. but we're going to uh, read some emails and things that we took, and we're going to talk about it. Perfect. And, and hopefully uh, get some mess out to, uh, to our audience. So the first one here, uh, I'll read the whole thing, and then we'll comment on it. It says, Dear Prep Zone, I enjoy your podcast very much. The one with football coach Matty Jackaloff, where you discussed a lot of psychology, which was great, by the way, left me with a question that maybe you can ask the coach to weigh in, or maybe if you have him on again, ask him. My kid plays regularly on the varsity squad, but the rides home after a loss have been challenging. As a parent, I always try to be positive, and maybe I'm biased, but I always look at the many plays my kid made instead of the ones they didn't. However, no matter what I say, we tend to get into heated discussions that take away from the game experience and at times damage our relationship. What should I say on the ride home? Should I stay positive? Should I say nothing? 
isn't saying nothing of isn't saying nothing kind of letting your kid know that you didn't think they play well would love to get some advice on this thanks parent a i think that's a great question that's actually something um that i've thought a lot about especially in today's society that's very much so results driven trying to create um an atmosphere and relationship with our student athletes that are is more focused on a process and so that would be my advice and something that we talk a lot about win or loss is how can we either replicate or change the process? So if it's my son or, or a player that I coach and I have a great relationship with, there's honestly, contextually, if the player knows that he played bad or dropped the pass or missed the tackle or blew an assignment, I'm not helping him by trying to be like, oh, it's okay. Like The reality is our players care a lot and they work really hard. To them, it's not okay. But what we can do is find corrections as a coaching staff. What we can do as parents or as peers is show our support and be there without necessarily offering a solution because not every relationship and every person needs to offer a solution to something that's going on. Just letting somebody know that you're there for them and understand that they're hurting because they sacrificed mornings in the summer or trips with their friends or the comfort of not really putting themselves out there and just saying that you recognize that and and you're sure and confident in their ability to work hard and make the correction and to receive feedback that's how you really create a winner and a champion because contextually your son knows or your daughter knows that they're going to be upset no matter what yeah right? And it's like, in, in, and I think to some degree, all parents experience that, right? You try to soften the blow, yeah, right? You're like, maybe you don't know what went on after the game, what was said, and you try to say, hey, it's okay, and this and that. So I, I guess, you know, coming from the parents, like, he says, say nothing, say something, say something positive. What is like... I, I would find one specific thing about the player's performance that you enjoyed, right? I... I was never the star player, right? But I prided myself on being the player who's going to play as hard as I possibly could. So I was going to miss tackles. I was going to miss assignments. But if somebody were, was there to support me and say, hey, I loved, it was inspiring watching how hard you played or how you responded to your mistake. And I'm very confident that you're going to work as hard as you possibly can to make sure that that does not happen to you or the team again. That's how you're there. That's interesting. Yeah, it, it, you're taking an approach of focusing on maybe more of the actions than the actual play, right? You're just talking about, like you said, the process of everything. Well, think about it this way. If your son comes home and gets a 60% on a math test, honest, like realistically, what, is, what good does it do to say, oh, it's okay, like don't worry about it. Whereas in any business or corporation or any successful program, you're going to look at, okay, why did I get a 60%? For me in school, if I got a 60, it's probably because I wasn't taking notes and I didn't sacrifice enough of my time to study for the test. Or maybe I didn't go and seek extra help and I didn't go and see my teacher before school. So if you really want to be supportive, right, I'm not going to say it's okay that you got a 60% on the math test. I would think about, hey, next time, why don't we do X, Y, Z to put yourself in a better position to succeed? And that shows your support because it's an action, actionable item it's not just like you stink or you're the best thing in the world like even though we both know that you personally feel like you didn't live up to an expectation i, I love that what you said there about 
thinking about a test uh, at something school mm-hmm. because as parents i mean and i think every kid you know has experiences you come home with a bad grade and you expect a parent to be upset yeah right and and, and you take that as Okay, yeah, I need to do better. But in sports, it seemed like it doesn't work that way. So I loved how, how you, you did that. The, the one last thing I'll add to our children, our, our student athletes work so hard and it's, for a lot of them, takes up a large percentage of what they think about every single day, their sports and the outcomes and the process and wanting to exceed and not wanting to let teammates down. I knew that when I played, I really appreciated the fact that my parents kind of like were just there to support and, and they didn't pry and didn't ask. And they knew when I was upset, they knew when we lost, like it wasn't going to be a happy night, but they knew the next day that their job was to inspire me and be there for me to work harder for the team and, and for myself. And so that I could make sure that I was doing right by everyone who supported me. Um, and I think that that's, you know, each person has a different role in in one of our student athletes' life, and that's why they say it does truly take a village. Now, this is not a question here, but this is as you're talking, something came to mind. If uh, and I've seen this, you know, like a kid has a bad game or doesn't play, and he immediately wants to quit. Mm-hmm. As a parent, you never want your kid to quit right away on the spot. But I mean, how can you, you know, what's the device, you know, thinking about that? That uh, if you look at it as a coach, what would you say? Let's say if a kid came to you and said, "Hey, I want to quit." How, how, how do you evaluate that and how do you address that? First thing that pops in my mind, um, there's a book called Grit by Angela Duckworth that since the book was written, grit has kind of become like a very popular or, or a, you know, cliche word. But uh, the book is actually scientifically breaking down what grit is and why it's so important. And it kind of it talks about how important it is for a student to finish something that they start and how large of an indicator it is to future success in their life. Just learning how to go through some, specifically for our students who actually rise up and take leadership positions, but to go through something that's challenging, to find solutions, to stay with it, and to go through it for at least a full year. Personally, um, it's not my place as a coach to really tell somebody not to quit, but my stance on it is that if we condition ourselves to approach something that's hard and challenging and uncomfortable, obviously within reason, we are going to condition ourselves to continue to be able to persevere through adversity and challenging times. And I would ask, again, there's context, there's different relationships. I would ask the player the reason why they want to quit. We've had players who, you know, um, thought about quitting because something didn't go their way. And while I recognize the emotion of any situation and how that's disappointing for them, it's my job to offer them a path to how they could either get more playing time or how they could provide value to the team. Because not every single person on our roster is going to play on a Friday night, and that's okay. But every single person on the roster has the opportunity to provide value. And honestly, as a coach, as a leader, then I view it as my fault if that player does not feel valued if they are putting in the effort if they're making sacrifices and they're showing up every day and they don't feel like they're making a positive impact on the team that is a leadership blind spot for me Um, and that's something that would have to be addressed but generally speaking I think that there's just so much value in knowing that what you're going through is hard, knowing that you might not be getting everything that you want, but still staying committed to your values that you are rooted in 
and persevering through that because maybe it won't matter in football and maybe it won't matter in lacrosse or basketball or field hockey, but one day you'll be in the business world or one day you'll be in a relationship and you'll be able to apply the same concepts and to think more worldly and that you don't need to be getting what you want to be successful. It's a, it's a great point. I mean, there's we could go on that for a while. Um, I want to just uh, ask for the next one, which I think kind of ties in a little bit into that one. Um, and I'll read this one here. It says, hi, please forward this email to the host of Prep Zone Podcast. Can you please ask the football coach a question for me? He talked about being positive all the time as it attracts people. But what happens when I just can't be positive? Tons of bad stuff is happening in my life, and I just can't bring myself to be positive, and I just want to be sad. Isn't that better than keeping my emotions inside, and when they come out, they come out wrong and against some, someone that has nothing to do with it? Thank you, student A. I think that's a great question, and you know, I hope I'm not misinterpreted as in being positive is faking it. Um, I thought about know, that, but I, yeah. I never thought that. I, yeah. I thought it was... Because I, you know, and I don't want to interrupt you, but I'll, I'll tell you something. One time I, I was over watching a basketball game and a kid came and asked me, say, hey, how come you're allowed? Because I do my morning walks. Like, mm-hmm. how come you're positive all the time? And I, my answer to him was, listen, um, a bad days doesn't mean a bad life. Mm-hmm. Right? And I'm sorry. So please go ahead and continue. So, you know, someone talking about being sad and how does that, you know, retract people and, and how yeah. do we act about that? I think about perspective. Right, I think about perspective, and I think about how you could have as much control as as possible, which is something that we're naturally inclined to as human beings. First perspective, meaning there are bad things that could happen to me, but I'm responsible for the way that I interact and respond to them. Right, There are plenty of negative situations in any given day, and it doesn't mean I'm like, oh, it doesn't matter. Oh, that's okay. It's more so, how am I going to let that impact my next action? Right. So trying to have a positive interaction with every single person that you come across, which doesn't always happen, but to have that attempt doesn't mean that internally every single thing in your life is peachy and the the best situation of all time. It's that you, you, in my opinion, should be intentional about trying to find ways that you could improve your situation. Right. I, I think a great strategy, if you really do feel like everything is negative in your life or everything is going wrong and and it might be and there are you know when it rains it pours like (laughs) there are aspects of our life that are really tough something that i've done is create a gratitude list where you write down 25 things that you're grateful for and this actually has a really cool tie-in um i write down 25 things i'm grateful for and not things that are you know massive undertakings like um you know I love watching the Yankees play at night. It's it's more things that happen around me that I need to really open my eyes to. So the example that I have, and you might hear a lot of our kids talking about it, is the hawk. At Staples in the woods by the football field, um, this family, I mean, the reality is a, a family of hawks, probably hundreds of hawks live there. But I didn't know that. I've, That's interesting. Yeah. And I, I always act like there's one specific hawk, the wrecker hawk. And... Whenever, no matter what's happening, whenever the hawk flies above the field or wherever we are, we're in Greenwich, we're at, we're at the uh, state championship at Central Connecticut, we stop and we point at it and we say, the hawk, <laughs> right? 
And that's a way where, you know, for me, honestly, it came from when you're going through a tough time. And I'm like, I actually really do enjoy seeing like a hawk fly and its wings spread. And you kind of like take a step back and you have perspective where, you know, I have all these problems in my life, but that hawk, like it doesn't matter to the hawk and it's flying above and has a greater, you know, view of life and all these other people who each think that the next thing that happens to them is the most important thing in the world, especially when you're in high school. Um, but we'll be in practice and we'll be com- uh, preparing for the state championship and I will stop what I'm saying to point out the hawk. And it is kind of that, you know, comedic break, but also the perspective of we're preparing for the biggest game of our life and it's so important and our lives are going to ride on it and that hawk doesn't care, right? <laughs> yeah. And that's the a, a Christmas present that I get a lot of our players is a paperweight gold replica of the hawk because I to me it is a reminder to not take yourself too seriously and to think from that perspective of when you're 400 feet, 500 feet, a thousand feet above and you're soaring through the air and you're passing person by person and field by field and all has unique challenges and all are going through positive events in their life. And the only thing that really matters is the way that you dictate your response to whatever your situation is at that time. And that's interesting. I want to tie that in. And I Totally understand that the perspective thing is beautiful. And I think that's something that I apply to, right? I always try to look at the positive things that are going on in my life. And, and that's how I can always try to be positive every day, right? When I'm sending out the message. But I do feel that social media has played such a negative role, positive and negative, right? Because uh, everyone's life on Facebook and Instagram is amazing, mm-hmm. right? You, you scroll through that and you don't see a bad moment. And that can be... At, at some point negative, some point positive. And here's where I think, we talk about the negative, but the positive, what I like to focus on, it's almost like, and I saw this in a movie a long time ago, it's like the guy was going through a tough time and his dad took the photo album at the time. You know, remember always to print pictures, right? And put mm-hmm. a photo album. And he said, look at the album because there's only good times in there. So there's all the perspective that yeah. you need is in there, right? So I mean, that's a good way to look at it, don't you think? I do, I, I think so. I actually have this conversation a lot with our players positive i think that there's increased connectivity which is really cool that you're connected to so many family friends people who move away um i do think the negative is that our high school students our middle school anyone who has social media is comparing who they are 24 7 to somebody else's highlights right and the point that i always make with our players when you know this comes up is I'm like, open up your Instagram, like, what's your last photo? And it's whatever, them scoring a touchdown in football. I'm like, oh, why did you choose that photo? Was it random? It's like, no, I thought I looked cool in it, right? And and you realize that you're the only person who lives with yourself 24-7, including your family and, and your parents and your brothers and your sisters. You have to look yourself in the mirror. So you see all the blemishes and the mistakes and the thoughts that go through your mind that may not be productive And then we live online and you live in a society where now I'm viewing this, this person and, and that next person and how many things that they're accomplishing and all this. And it's one after the other, after the next one. And, and, and the other thing that you kind of lose sight of what reality is that every single one of us is dealing with negatives and is dealing with positives. And for every highlight, there's a low light. And that's honestly something to be grateful for because without that, then you know, nothing ever truly would be positive if you didn't 
go through the valleys. There is no peak. And if you're constantly at the peak, then there is no beauty in the climb and the struggle and the Greek philosopher, you know, Sisyphus, um, or uh, the Greek myth of Sisyphus of rolling that boulder up the mountain and only to realize that every single time it was going to fall right back down. And you're going to have to start over and over again, no matter how far you get up and you think that you're done and you think that you've made it and you think that you've reached success, you're always going to come right back down the mountain. And and to me, it's finding beauty in pushing that boulder every single day. And as great as it is for people to like your Instagram and comment and tell you how cool you are, the reality is, you know, we're all human beings and we're all dealing with things. So I, I think having that perspective is really important. Yeah, I loved and I want to emphasize what you just said, said, you know, First, go back and look at your last picture because it was a highlight, yeah. right? And that's the thing. And realize that people are only posting highlights there. But like you said, we're all going through the same thing. We're all experiencing it at different levels, but we're all going the same thing. And that's it's a great perspective. All right. So we'll go to the next one. Um, so it says, okay, third one here. Hello, coach. No, it's a hello and good evening. Mm-hmm. I want to say that I really enjoyed the episode you had with football coach who knows psychology, Matt Jackaloff. If you ever do a follow-up with the same subject matter with him, can you, ask, uh, can you ask him what is the best advice when dealing with a kid's dream? For example, my kid wants badly to be a professional athlete, but having played Division II sports, I think the chance of is not that great. Should I invest in the dream or scale it back? What is the best thing to do here? I want to do right by my kid. Thank you, Parent B. Yeah, that's, that's again, that's a great question, and that's something, you know, that, you know, I think a lot about it and I bounce ideas off of others. And first, I don't think you ever want to kill somebody's dream, especially someone that you care about. At the same time, I think it is um, inappropriate to lead somebody down a path that you know is not possible. So how can you be there to support and help somebody think through their goals and their objectives while also making sure that they're attainable. Because if you listen, like it would be great if I was in the NFL, but you know, (laughs) I could have wasted so much of my time chasing something that was impossible instead of, you know, pouring myself into something now where I'm 26 and I'm able to have, you know, hopefully a positive impact on many people throughout our community. Um, to me, I think the most important thing from a psychological standpoint is having them come to the decision on their terms, right, is to break down what, what is your ultimate goal. So we talk about, we do this presentation for lacrosse and football about goal setting, macro and micro. So if your macro goal is to be a professional football player, then what are your micro goals that you're going to accomplish daily to help you get there? right? You have to look at it. So a macro goal for me, if I was to play professional football, I need to run, let's say a four, six Okay. In order to run a four, six you have to look at what are all the different things I need to do to accomplish that. I need to train, uh, my lower body. I need to go to speed and agility training. I need to sacrifice, um, some of my time that I'm taking in school in order to be able to increase those parts of my, or those areas of my, um, physical attributes. And then is that realistic for me to do with everything else that's going on? Now, once you break that down and you have your child or me or whoever write it out and they look at it, they're like, oh, you know what? Maybe that isn't such a great idea because there are no additions. There's no, oh, now I'm going to become like trained to be a seal. There are trade-offs, 
if I, and it's okay if I want to train to become a SEAL, like that's, that's an okay goal, but I can't do what I'm currently doing and train to be a SEAL. So do I want to be a certified teacher? Do I want to be uh, a football coach who's striving to be the best I could possibly be? Or do you want to be a Navy SEAL? You have to trade something, right? Your, your student, first off, if you want to go and play professional football or professional volleyball, probably the first thing is you need to get into a good school. Now to get into a good school and put yourself in a situation where you're getting coached by the best coaches, you need to have greater grades, right? Because they need you need to be recruitable. Yeah. So what's your current GPA? And I think helping your son or your daughter see that and think through that on their own and just asking the questions allows them to kind of change and shift what their goal is, but also their perspective on what success is, right? Like, I, I feel better about myself now than I probably would if I was in the NFL and not that the NFL was ever a, even remotely a possibility for me. But when I when you're eight years old, you think that, yeah. right? Every kid wants to be a professional athlete, right? Yeah. Because they see on TV every yeah. day, that's what they want to do. But but that is, a, I, I think it's a really great question and, and I don't know if there's an exact answer besides being there supporting the thought process and not the outcome. What can you do to help your son or your daughter work through how they can achieve their goals? And then you'll see how they start to tinker with that end goal, that macro goal or that outcome, because they realize that maybe they're not willing to trade off uh, some of the relationships they have, which is fine. And maybe, you know, they like also acting in the school play and that's really important to them. And they realize, you know, I want to live in the moment right now and not really think about the future um, as much. And, you know... It is a very interesting point and, and tough question. Yeah, I mean, I love what you, I think you, you just said there about the goal setting, right, and the sacrifices. Because every time we, we you know, and I've dove into this, and I, you used a minute ago an example about grades, and I was the same one when I was going through the college process with my older son, you know, and I was attending the seminars, and uh, the speaker said, listen, you know if you have an Ivy League student or not. If your kid gets home and he's reading three books a night, you have an Ivy Leaguer. If your kid gets home, just like the 99% of the kids and wants to enjoy some free time, hang with their friends, he's probably not an Ivy Leaguer. He's still going to be yeah. very successful. He's still going to go to a great school. But that's just who you know that person is. And he'll, be, he'll still be successful. It has nothing to do with it. But it's expectation, mm -hmm. right? Because every parent thinks, oh, my kid's an Ivy Leaguer, right? So I love that. The goal setting was terrific. And, and I think it's not, it's not about killing the dream. It's yeah. about putting a premium on the process. Yeah. Because... Through that process, maybe they'll realize that the dream changes. But even if it doesn't, they will be better for having gone through that process. Yeah. Right? It, it's every day, every decision that you make, every action, every sacrifice will build to something greater. And, you know, a lot of people, I think it's a way that you can look at hard work and say hard work doesn't guarantee you success. I don't agree with that. I think hard work guarantees you success just maybe not the success that you initially thought. Your definition of success may be different than really what that level of fulfillment you're going to feel inside will be. And maybe when I was eight and I thought I was going to work as hard as I possibly can and go play for the Patriots, that level of success I did not find. But the hard work did lead you to different challenges and different situations that helped grow who I am as a person and then allow you or me 
to live a life of service, to help others elevate their performance. And that's success. And that's what the hard work really helped tailor to. Yeah. And one thing that is so great, you said that I read something today that really kind of changed a lot of the things that I do. It said, you know, don't, don't strive to be well-known, strive to be worth knowing. Mm-hmm. And it's, it ties back to what you said when you were here the first time, you said that the thing you're most proud of is how you, you know, like you talked about your dream of playing the Patriots, but you're so fulfilled now what you do in your change and you're shaping lives of young men every day. And it's amazing. I love that coach. It was great. Uh, so I want to get to one more here. Uh, and this one's cool. They haven't addressed my name. So hello, Estevam. Mm. And thanks for prep zone. I love keeping up with all the staple sports, especially the coverage you give the girls sports. The lacrosse coach, Jack Olaf, he was really good. And although I'm not a lacrosse player, I have a question for him. Thinking psychology, psychologically, is it better to put in all your subs when the games are out of reach or keep your starters in? I never understood what that does to the team's mentality. Are you rewarding the subs or punishing the starters? Thank you, student B. Mm. So when your team is leading, is it, is it yeah, asking? I, or? I, that, I'm just reading exactly. Okay. I, I think I think that the, the student, uh, it was probably more of like, you know, it, it's someone probably, and I don't want to speak to that person, but what, what do you think? Yeah, so... My my thought process on all of this is that um, we work really hard to develop a full program of our athletes, meaning that if you're starting on Friday night or, or Saturday or whatever the day of the game is, you're not the only person getting coached. Every single person on the roster is getting coached and being held to a standard. Nobody is below that standard. Now, it is the choice of the student athlete to reach that goal and that standard of what it means to be a Staples wrecker. Anyone who does that, I will fight for to get playing time. So it would not be punishing a, a starter. Number one, if so I assume it's if we're down, right? Yeah. I, I and, yeah. I, and I think that it, the question is more like thinking psychologically. I think that, and, and I don't want to speak for the person because the email, it, it was short, but he talked about, like, let's say you're a starter and you're losing, do you stay in? Does that build your character? Or are you kind of like rewarding the players that don't get a lot of playing time? Yeah, I, I, I would think about it as rewarding the players who don't get a lot of playing time. And honestly, what, what you'll see, and, and we're very fortunate, we haven't been in a lot of those situations. Um, but when we're up, I have players coming to me and saying, hey, hey, coach, can we try to get X in? Because, awesome. you know, he might not be as talented, but he shows up every day and he works hard for the team and they want to see him get his shine. So it, it wouldn't be about, I've never thought about that, about punishing a player. And like what we've talked about, yeah. there's no player who's going into the game thinking, oh, I really want to mess this up for the team. <laughs> right? Like, I know, we talk about that, yeah. Now, practice is really hard and you might get held to a high standard in practice or your effort in the game isn't good enough. And then you're going to come out because you might not be mentally prepared to play, but you drop a pass. Not only are you staying in, but the next play is going to be designed for you because we got to keep you in it psychologically. Um, But no, it's more so definitely about um, giving the players who might not have a million opportunities, the chance to go out there and showcase their hard work and their talents on the stage. Yeah, that, that's awesome. And and I and I think the email, you know, it's kind of hard to read it, but I think it came from a good place as to where, like, you know, and, and again, I, I keep going back to the point of, and I think we talked about this the first time you're here, you know, parents and people in the stands, they don't see the work you guys put in every day. And I've been fortunate enough to beat some of your practices. And when you're in the practice, everyone is kind of equal there. 
and mm. everyone is running through the reps and being talked about it. The fact that they're not stepping on the field on a Friday night doesn't mean they're not an integral part of your team. Mm -hmm. so, not only that, I, I think that sometimes players who aren't playing on Friday night have the greatest impact on the team because, like we spoke earlier, it's really easy to do all the things right when you're the man. When, you, when you're getting the praise, when, when you're in the newspaper, because your actions have been rewarded. So how can I not continue doing it? Well, I keep being, the, um, keep winning player of the week, or I, my teammates select me as captain, or you know, my st I'm breaking records. Well, how about I have a, a tremendous amount of respect for our athletes who might not be seeing those personal results, but they show up every day. And they do what's right by the team and what's right by themselves and what's right by their peers and their coaches because of that sole reason that it is right. That, that to me, we have some players, honestly, the, the first person who comes to my mind, TJ Pierre, I have, and I tell him this, I have so much respect for TJ Pierre. He was a cornerback for our football uh, team. He was a senior this past year. He only played two years of football. Great athlete. And you know what? We had a lot of really good DBs. So unfortunately... TJ wasn't the guy who was starting on Friday night, but TJ would listen to our scout of the opponent and find and be a specific player on the other team and utilize all his techniques so that when he was on scout team against us, he gave the most realistic look as he possibly could. So then it's third and 10 in the state championship. We're on our own 10 yard line down by a point and we need a play. And TJ Pierre was that West Haven cornerback all week. And Sammy's able to run the route exactly how we designed it and how we practiced it and how we repped it. And guess what? Honestly, quite frankly, TJ <laughs> would have been around the, around the ball making a play on it. But yeah. West Haven wasn't. Yeah. And Sammy is the guy who gets the picture or the video of that moment and Caleb threw the pass. And TJ wasn't on the field, but TJ should know that he is a massive reason why we won that game and why we are state champions and the number one team in the state. You know, and that's amazing you said that because I, I specifically remember that play. You guys mm -hmm. were backed up, that, mm -hmm. and that was a big pass for, uh, from Caleb to Sam. And it, it brought to mind here, um, and I know you're not going to like this because you're a Patriot fan, but uh, when uh, you know, Eli Manning had that play where the guy was grabbing him and he had that, mm -hmm. you know, the helmet catch, he talks about the, the quarterback who unfortunately passed away. Who was the guy Lorenzen, who kept, yeah. right, kept pulling him, right? Every time he'd be in the, the guy kept pulling. So the reason that he was able to make that play is because in practice, someone always pulling on him and he was trying to get away from the guy. And you look at this like, we're talking about high school sports and I know I put in a lot of time that's almost, <laughs> almost ridiculous, but it's high school sports. Yeah. So if we're really basing our value as human beings based on the results of, of what you do on a field or the wins and the losses, like, I don't know. I think TJ Pierre is going to be successful in anything that he does. And we have multiple other players who have done that for our program because of what he learned and the way that he chose to act, even though he wasn't constantly being rewarded for that. And that's honestly why we do we do a scout team player of the week where they get a championship belt um, when we give out awards uh, the night before games. And we make sure to do that for that exact reason, that they should know and they I give a speech about them in front of the whole team and what they mean to our program um, because, you know, they, they deserve it and, and they deserve to be celebrated in that way. I love that. And I don't know, I've been around sport. I've never heard of that. And I, and I hope that parents who listen to this and kids say, listen, everything's being looked at. You are, a, 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 you know, it's amazing. I, I love that. I absolutely love that.
Um, Coach, it, it's been so great to have you here again. Um, I mean, I think that we're going to probably eventually have to have a. I feel like these are going to become like group ter therapy sessions. Yeah, I love <laughs> you it. You know, I, I, I hope you indulge us a few more times. I mean, it's been so great. Like I said, we get a lot of uh, feedback from that. Um, I do think that, you know, the mentality of everything, and I want to give a chance to give one final thought. And you thought, you, you, you said about, you know, the goal of high school sports. And I read a lot about that, right? As to, it's not about the win and losses, it's about the process. And if you left, maybe you weren't a state champion, but you left a better person. Um, you know, you went through some adversity that made you a better, you know, a better player, a better son, um, you know, or as a parent, a better husband, a better father to the kid because you saw all that. I mean, how does that tie into your whole life and what do you feel like, you know, the ultimate goal is? To me, I think the ultimate goal, honestly, that I'm, I'm driven by is not letting the people around me down. Um, and I think although that might have a kind of a negative content, a connotation of not letting people down, I think what it teaches you is to live a life where you're constantly thinking of others and you're giving back to all the ways that you've been supported. And I think the goal of high school athletics is to really educate our students to be rooted in a sense of values and a sense of self-purpose regardless of external situations. And, you know, something that it was hard for me to verbalize this for a while, but you know, we win the state championship and obviously it's a dream come true. And the feeling itself was a little bit more anticlimactic than you would have thought. And I realized that on that last play on the two point conversion, you would think that you'd be very nervous because the season, the entire championship is on the line, like for forever, this, it will come down to this. And I really wasn't nervous and I wasn't nervous being like, oh, I know we're going to make a play. I was at peace with the process. I was fulfilled in everything that I and our players and our program and our community did to get to that moment. And West Haven has unbelievable players. Armani Reed could have scored. I would have thought no different of our team. The quarterback could have scrambled, made a play, jump ball. I would have thought no different. And West Haven would have been state champions and we wouldn't have been. And we would have been ranked whatever. I, to me, that is the goal of high school sports, to know and feel fulfillment that you did everything in your power to honor the commitment of the greatness inside of you and to honor the sacrifices of everyone who has supported you and to just let the chips fall where they may. And it's not to say that I didn't care about the outcome. Obviously you do, but that's not what I've been happy about since the game. I've just been so proud of seeing growth in individuals and seeing what the football program or the lacrosse program or the basketball program or the field hockey program does in inspiring somebody to be the best version of themselves. Max Marillo made the play in the state championship on the goal line to win the whole thing, but he made that play well before then. And he will make that play time and time again, and it won't be the greatest moment of his life, and it won't be his greatest achievement, because he knows what it takes to be successful at the highest level. So he'll continue to be successful at the highest level. And TJ Pierre wasn't the guy who made the tackle. 
But TJ Pierre will do that in his personal life and he'll do that in his professional life and his academic life because TJ Pierre knows about sacrifice and being a part of something bigger than yourself. Um, and I'm just so proud to be a part of that as well. And that's truly what I feel like is the goal of high school athletics. I mean, it's an amazing message to end on. I, I, I don't know if I could put it any better, uh, but I think you captured everything when you said there. And I do hope that our audience, you know, will continue to welcome the feedback. We'll continue to do this. But, um, you know, just to think about the process and re when you're out there cheering and, you know, going back to the first one, all these emails we read here, you know, about how to support a player, not only from a parent's standpoint, but also from a peer standpoint, right? It's about always there. And I think, and, and there's been a, you know, I, I go to the, lot. I mean, we cover all the records games. And we're seeing a surge of people just really supporting our all of our teams. I mean, we feel that. And I think that has to do with, you know, when you talk about people realizing that win or lose, we're proud of being a, being a record. Yeah. Um, it actually kind of makes me emotional uh, thinking about this. But similarly, last year in football, we lost in the state quarterfinals. Um, uh, 23-22 on a last-second field goal attempt. And um, I just remember that the captain's parents took us out, took the coaches out to dinner, some of our gridiron board members, um, and just listening to one parent um, talk about how um, disappointed she was, not that, the seat, not that we lost, but that it was over. Right. And fast forward, we win the state championship, and we're out with the parents, and... Um, eating dinner and a parent came up to me, hugged me and, and he was <laughs> almost in tears saying like, I'm so disappointed it's over. And so you talk about heartbreak of losing in one of the most, you know, upsetting fashions possible. And then the ecstasy of winning in one of the most outstanding ways possible. And the consensus was, it's disappointing that it's over. Yeah, it was a ride. And, you know, my message that I want to say, my final message was that, you know, I love our student athletes at Staples and the, the school community, but Staples is truly a special, special place. And it means so much to wear the S and to represent that community and to the parents who come out and support and the... um future wreckers, uh, the ones that, you know, they dream of one day watching their son or their daughter play on the big stage and the alumni who come back. You have to understand that that's what fuels our teams and our programs. And everything is sweet when things are going well and the sky is falling when things are going poorly. And that's all part of this. To coach and to play and to represent a place where it truly, truly matters. It's unique. And it's, you, you take the good with the bad and you'll, I will suffer the lowest of all lows for the highest of the highs of you feel of the fulfillment and the journey and the passion. Um, so I just want to thank all the parents and community members who show up every day and support. And I hope they truly know that is a guiding uh, influence is I and the team and the players don't want to let you all down. Um, and it really is so incredibly meaningful. It is. Uh, and coach, I want to thank you again for taking the time for everything you guys do for not only, you know, the players, which I think are the biggest beneficiary, but as a community, as you know, someone who covers you guys, 
it is just a pleasure to see you guys day in, day out, put all the hard work. So thanks for being here again. Thank you for having me. Go Wreckers. Go Wreckers.